0: And now, here's the latest team-building podcast. The topic for today as we get into this is accountability. Uh, One of my favorite topics that we're going to get into. And before I dive into accountability, I have a few questions I'll ask you guys. They won't be rhetorical. So for those sharing your screens, I'll just watch your beautiful faces. For those that aren't, I don't know if we have the option of putting the hand up, but feel free to try to look for that. Uh, So the first question is just what, what should we hold people accountable to? And to be able to answer that question, we first have to ask, what people are we thinking about? And when you see the title accountability, I think most of us as team leaders are thinking our agents, but the most important person to hold accountable is ourselves. So first and foremost, what could we hold ourselves accountable to on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis to help us succeed more in life, not just in business, but mental health, personal, you know, physical health, spirituality, hobbies, vacations, significant others. And there's a lot of stuff, right? So does anyone here feel w- willing to share maybe a systematic approach that they have taken this year that's working well in holding themselves accountable to the goals that maybe you set for yourself in January? Norm, you keep smiling. I don't know if you've just completely failed this year or if you're actually succeeding in a special way and you wanna share with the group what you've been doing how do you hold yourself accountable through coaching and uh my p l is a pretty pretty good accountability how often do you get your p l you're up 30 you know every 30 30? yeah all right i think i would i would recommend 30 as well it's cheaper to do quarterly but i for businesses like ours i would recommend a monthly no 30 days and then uh red light green light on expenses uh quarterly love it thank you norm anyone else how you hold yourselves accountable all of us have things we want to do. LJ, you'll go next. All of us have things we want to do in our business and in our personal life. Um, we say we're going to do the things. We even have goals of doing them. We might even know our key performance indicators to accomplish it. But how are we holding ourselves accountable to actually doing the activity necessary to get the result that we want? LJ, go ahead and unmute yourself. There you go. I think, like you said, it just comes down to accountability. So I've built out a tracker of exactly where we're at, where we're at in consequence of the goals, and it's looking at your goals every single day. So you get reminded, like, right, what did we say at the end of the year? What are we looking at and starting your day knowing this is what I'm doing all this work for. This is the overwhelming goal and remembering kind of where you're at now, what the goal is for this year, five years out, 10, and making sure you kind of focus on the day to get to that bigger picture and sort of the consistent efforts every single day that will get us to that, um, to that next level. Awesome. Great answer. Thank you, LJ. Anyone else willing to share? One of the things that LJ shared with us that I think is hard for people is thinking out 10 years. A lot of us are like, "Uh, okay, next week I have to do this, this, and this, let alone going 10 years out. Um, I've always heard from my mentors that you should have your one-year goals. And then of course, break it down to what you do daily, weekly, monthly to hit the one year, but then always know where your five-year goal is because your yearly goals should be in line to get to your five-year goal. And if you want to be as audacious as you are, LJ, to go with a 10-year goal. I think that that's awesome. The most important thing is for all of us to recognize that every day, week, month, year, we might choose to change our five-year or our 10-year goal. And not only will we possibly, we probably all will. Um, when I look at where I am today, 10 years ago, I was selling real estate full-time. I would have never dreamed. Actually, I was launching my real estate team So I never would have dreamed in 2011 that in 2021, I would have mortgage, title, insurance, investing, a call center in the Philippines, a coaching company, speaking nationally on stages all over the country, never dreamed of it. But I had my one year goal and my five year goal and I was working arduously daily, weekly, monthly, yearly to hit those goals and a lot more took place. Um, have you guys seen the meme with the guy with the, the pickaxe in a, in a tunnel? There's two guys. One says the person that doesn't push the next level, and the other one's the one that just pushes a little bit further. And then behind the wall is a bunch of diamonds. And the idea is that, like, the people that succeed at a high level aren't doing that much more. They're just more consistent with the small and simple things over longer periods of time. And what I said just now is has a lot behind it but I'll say it again because it's important to understand it. The people that succeed at a high level aren't doing anything greater or more impressive than what you guys are all already doing. They're just become, they're being more consistent and intentional over a longer period of time. And so it's by those small, simple things consistently over long periods of time that you're going to get the greatest results. All right. One more person on how you hold yourself accountable. And for those just kind of popping in, we're talking about accountability. Uh, we're starting off, everyone assumes accountability t- has to do with their agents, but we have to first look inwardly and ask ourselves, how are we holding ourselves accountable? So we then earn the right to hold those around us accountable. Yeah. So I use that 411 tool that um, uh, that Gary talks about in the, um, in the One Thing book, and it's available to most Keller Williams agents, but uh, that's been helpful. Breaks everything down by um, a month. Business and and uh, personal, and then uh, goals, and then down to a uh, a weekly and a yearly basis. Yep. So, and, and anyone uh, would be able to find that. You guys just do a Google search four one one. Yeah, that's the tool that, I use. Jared, I agree a hundred percent. That's the best tool out there. Um, I read the one thing probably right after it came out. And the thing that was so awesome about the one thing is it really helps you get intentional with what matters most in your time. And one of the things I took from that book, and then we'll move on to accountability, but one of the biggest things I took out of that book was Gary talked about how we think about wanting to focus on our health and focus on our significant other and focus on our kids or focus on our hobbies. And in our minds, we think to, um, moderate, to, to give each of those things equal amounts of time is to be fair with the amount of time we give each of those things. But Gary makes the point that you're not gonna give your hobby the same amount of time you're giving your job, the same amount of time you're giving your business, and that's okay. But for the things that matter to us, like our personal, let's say physical health, well, let's be super intentional. So if I know I'm going to go to the gym, don't go to the gym, and just kind of walk around and <clears throat> chat with people most of the time and not really get a workout in, get a 20 minute hardcore workout in where you're ignoring everything else around you. And he just talked about being more intentional with our time. And people always ask me, like, how do you get so much accomplished? And I think that's kind of the point of accountability is I hold myself accountable and then I hold others around me accountable. And by doing that, it lifts, it lifts me. But accountability is tough because if you start off doing a great job at it and then you drop it, then the people around you will learn that they don't have to do it because they know no one's going to hold them accountable to the expectation that was set. And if there's no accountability component with an expectation, then the pe- then people won't do what they're supposed to do. And that includes ourselves. So if we don't have a way to hold ourselves accountable to something and we drop the ball, then what's going to happen? So we coined the phrase accountability buddies. And it came up just from like a buddy system, which everyone's heard of that before. And then of course accountability. So accountability buddies have someone in your world where you ask them permission to hold them accountable and they ask you permission to hold you accountable. You share your goals and then literally weekly jump on like a 10 minute audit call. I call them alignment calls and just go through the list. So like Alyssa and I would just jump on a call. I'd be like, Alyssa, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. No real small talk necessary and just go down the list and just say, how are you doing with your personal workouts? How are you doing in your relationship? Even if the answer is I'm doing horrible, at least you're speaking that truth into the universe. And it's reminding you to get back on track instead of burying it in your subconscious so that you don't have to feel guilty about it. And then if you start to recognize there's things that you simply have chosen not to do, and you're not going to do them, then don't feel guilty about it any longer. Just say, I'm not gonna do the rower every day. I don't wanna do the rower, it hurts, that's hard, it sucks, I don't wanna do the rower. Okay, it's okay. Don't keep telling yourself every day I'm not doing it, I'm a loser, I'm failing. Just quit doing the rower and find something else to do. And I think in business a lot of times we always have this like a big major regret like I need to do more recruiting or I need to generate more leads or I need to go out to the team building summit. We have these little things we feel guilty about and it's important that we can push those to the side or just simply do those things to get them off our plate and move on. All right, so we talked about holding ourselves accountable. So then, of course, the obvious, holding agents accountable. Um, We also hold other people accountable. Who would we hold accountable outside of just our agents? And then we'll spend the majority of our time talking about agents and this other category. Alyssa? Um, My media director and my director of ops. Okay, so direct direct reports and staff, right? So some of us who don't have a large team yet might have their staff, they are currently holding accountable. Um, Once you have certain direct reports, like a COO, CFO, um, you would have those direct reports holding certain staff members accountable. Outside of work, so we've got ourselves, our agents, and our staff, our direct reports. Who else do we have to hold accountable? Does anyone here have kids? Does anyone's kids have a hard time? LJ's like, not yet. (laughs) does anyone's kids have a hard time getting up for school or just getting out of the house on time for school so who gets to hold them accountable to doing that and then what do we take away from yeah exactly and then what do we take away from them when they don't do it so we have a child right now five minutes late every single day she has 16 tardies this year she's 15 years old she loses her cell phone for the day if she doesn't get to school on time that's a huge takeaway for kids no cell phones like the end of the world So we have to think about our agents as children sometimes. So what's the takeaway, right? And sometimes it's hard to figure out what a takeaway would be. They're independent contractors. I don't wanna make them feel bad. I don't wanna be mean, but they've brought it upon themselves. So we have to have a takeaway component and we'll talk about that. Um, LJ, you don't have kids. Who else do you hold accountable in your world outside of work and anybody else for that matter? Do you have pets? No, I mean, I'd say family members. I mean, talking to my sister, making sure she's lined with where she wants to get and how she's getting there. Um, anybody else who just kind of nowadays crosses my path and comes with a problem and we kind of break it down into, all right, where are you trying to get to? How are we going to get you there? What's the goal? How are you setting it up? And if you're committed, you're going to get there. And if not, don't come crying after. Love it. So you have formal accountability, partnerships and relationships, and then informal accountability, partnerships and relationships. And I can attest to this. The people that have loved me the most in my life are the people that have held me accountable to things when even, and more importantly, when it was uncomfortable. So if I put something out in the universe or even if I didn't and someone saw that there was a dysfunction that I was living and they'd reach out to me to be like, hey, I noticed something about you or your life. And it's been a little surprising to me that you're acting this way. Those are the people that care about you the most. I'll give you an example. And this is a this is a nice segue into the accountability with the agents, because sometimes we have to have hard conversations. Um, I was getting interviewed by Toby Salgado. You guys know, Toby. No, I think it's Real Estate Success Rocks. It's one of the big podcasts. It's one of the top podcasts that I listen to. It was one of the first real estate podcasts out there. And I had used a few um, a few cuss words in the interview. It wasn't when we were recording. It was before we started recording. And Toby straight up goes, you know, I'm surprised you've cussed a few times. I thought you were Mormon. And I just sat there and he's like, you know, I thought you were like a Christian and I thought that was important to you to not cuss. And he like totally called me out. And I was like, I, I like was so impressed by him choosing to do that because it's awkward right? When you hear someone dropping F-bombs and you're eating dinner, do you usually go and approach them and say, Hey, don't drop F-bombs. It's offending my family or whatever. Most people aren't going to have conflict in the world we're in today. So you can watch to see who cares about you the most based on the awkward conversations people are willing to have with you. And it's the same way in reverse. You know who you care about the most based on the awkward and hard conversations that you might choose to have with the agents on your team, your staff, your direct reports, your sister, LJ, your kids, And so you can show love through having hard conversations and people will actually be impressed that you're willing to have those conversations. I have one other example. I just thought of (laughs) Alyssa, it's not towards you. (laughs) So I have a really good friend. He owns my mortgage company. His name's Nick's Weeble and his son, Austin is seven or eight years old and is a person with down syndrome and Austin is the cutest little kid. He also is autistic, so it's like super hard. He he's he acts the age of like a two year old. And we were at a bar a couple weeks ago, um, just chatting, just having normal conversation. And I asked him, "Hey, how is it going raising a child with Down syndrome?" And he got he started tearing up. And I and and like I I just thought maybe they're going through a really hard time. He goes, "Jeff, you won't believe this, but in the ten years we've had Austin, I've never had a friend ask me how it is raising a child with Down syndrome." not even as close as friends have asked because it's an awkward conversation. It's an uncomfortable conversation and we haven't been taught how to have conversations like that. And so instead of engaging in an awkward setting, he just, he, most people just decide to stay away from the topic. So I would invite all of you to be bold in your accountability methods. Be bold with yourself, be bold with your agents, be bold with your staff, be willing to bring up things that most wouldn't bring up. If you can smell alcohol on someone, ask them, Do you are you struggling with alcohol? you know, obviously be careful with not breaking laws and we don't have an HR department, but the point is if it comes from a place of love, people are gonna know that, they're gonna feel that and it's gonna change their lives and it'll change your lives by being able to be the person that shows that they care. So in holding agents accountable, first is the what. Um, What do we wanna hold them accountable to? Each of us have our own businesses, our own teams, our own ways of wanting to do things. You get to choose what you wanna hold them accountable to. I've obviously made some notes of what we've chosen to hold our agents accountable to, but I'll let the group kind of spout out some of the things you've held your agents accountable to. And I'll take the first one as you guys get ready to answer, but the first one's the obvious one and it's key performance indicators. Um, This goes back to our goal setting training that will come up later this year, and that is each person on the team defines the life they want to live and how much money they want to earn. And then we know how many calls they need to make to get a certain amount of contacts, to get a certain amount of appointments, to go on a certain amount of appointments, to list a certain amount of houses, execute a certain amount of contracts. We track total hours spent prospecting, and then it equates into, of course, dollar signs, and we track all of that on a weekly basis. So KPIs, key performance indicators is a big one. What else do you guys track that your agents are supposed to be doing? Like them keeping up with their CRM, of course, and that they're making those calls. Perfect. So we have group accountability meetings right now where everyone in the group has to stand up and report their KPI. Everything else that we hold them accountable to is done in one-on-ones. They're 15 to 20 minute one-on-ones every week with a success manager or productivity coach, whatever title you want to give it. And when you don't have that position, you can hire us to do that for, uh, I think we charge $100 a month, $25 in uh, every accountability meeting and we record the interview and send it to you. So if that's something you want ERS to take over, we can, I really like you guys doing it and, or the person you've hired to do it, because then it's not just a conversation about KPIs. You can really dig in a little bit more into their personal life. So Alyssa, that was a really good one. What else do you guys hold people accountable to in that one-on-one? Hey, Jeff. Yep. Uh, How often do you have your group accountability? Every week. You do? How long are they? Ten, first 10 minutes of every um, team meeting every person in the room would stand up and they'd report what their call goal is and then how many calls they actually made and a call doesn't mean an actual doesn't have to mean a phone call it means opportunities where you're speaking with a decision maker that could possibly buy or sell a house with you so if you're sitting at an open and 10 families came through that'd be 10 calls If you made 10 calls, that's 10 calls. If you sent out 10 text messages, that's 10 calls. And what we have found in Omaha, and this has been the same number for 10 years, it takes 150 calls to get one executed contract. And so we can reverse engineer, if an agent wants to do 36 sales and make 100 grand, we just take 36 times 150 divided over 52 weeks, and it gets about 104 calls a week. So if someone says, how much, what, what, I need, what work would I need to do to make six figures in Omaha? We tell them you'd need to make about 100 calls a week. On Mojo Dialer, that takes an hour, and the average person is awake 124, and 126 hours a week. So about less than 1% of their awake time on a phone to make 100 grand. And the beauty is, how do you want to make 200 grand? Oh, just make 200 calls. You want to make half a million? Make 500 calls. It takes five hours to make 500 calls. Super simple, it's just consistency and small and simple things over long periods of time. So other things that we hold agents accountable to, trainings, making sure that they're attending the ERS training, making sure they're attending the investment training, making sure they're attending the team leader training, if they're team leads, books that they're reading. Each person in your organization should be reading a book every month. The difference between you and your agents and me are the books that they've read, the people that they meet, and the podcasts that they listen to. So hold them accountable to doing the activities that are going to help make them a better person. Training events locally and virtually, books that they read or listen to, podcasts that they read or listen to. I've seen a lot of teams have a lot of success with doing a team book once a month um, Aaron West in Modesto, California is a good friend of mine. I met through GoBundance and Aaron's team has read, he had a stack the other day on a social media post of over probably 40 or 50 books. They were taller than his desk. And he said, here are all the books my team has read so far in the last five years or something. And I can give you guys ideas. Andy can give you ideas if you don't know what books to read, but there's some great content out there that helps the team. Then you can do a little book club and go have coffee and talk about, you know, maybe the first couple chapters, every couple chapters chapters that you guys read. Um, Events is a big one. So like if you're on Boomtown to send everyone to the Boomtown event, but not everyone gets to go, you have to earn in. So like if you've sold 10 Boomtown leads or whatever the event is, you're going to have an expectation that if the agents have done a certain task well over the last 12 months, you'll pay for their trip. And if they haven't done it well, maybe you'll discount their trip or something like that. Uh, those are kind of the, the main ones that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, most teams that we coach don't really have a systematic process of holding agents accountable to anything, let alone the, ones we just, the things we just talked about. So I think that would be a great start. I know Andy does get into depth a little bit with them about personal relationships. Because if you look at the things that keep people from succeeding the most in life, a lot of times it's addiction um, and the relationships that they have with those around them, their parents, their kids, their significant other. And so if you can help people become the best version of themselves in their relationships, you can help people overcome their addictions, they will succeed, obviously, tenfold in the job that they're working as a as an agent or as a staff member or as a direct report. And in that comes some of the awkward conversations. And I know a handful of us have probably had those conversations with a limited amount of people. I would invite you to have those conversations with every person in your organization. And I, I was really good at that as a 99 i uh, and a 99 D. It wasn't hard for me to look at Alan in the eyes and be like, Alan, you don't go to any of the events. What's wrong? Like what is wrong? what's going on in your life and creating a bridge to a conversation that he typically wouldn't be willing to have with most people, but he could tell I was coming from a place of caring and love. And so Alan then chooses to share with me, his father has been really sick and he's going through a horrible divorce. And there's all these other things we don't, take into consideration we judge people a lot of times mistakenly from our perspective of life and don't take a couple minutes to put ourselves in their perspective and a part of the problem is they have we haven't created a bridge for them to open up to show us their perspective we just judge them based on our perspective so understand and we all know this, this is just a good reminder everybody's going through stuff everybody so Sometimes we want to be really hard on people. We don't understand why they didn't come to our event or why they're not reading the book or why they're not you know, doing whatever it is they're supposed to be doing. The answer is they've created an excuse in their life that's worth them not doing the activity. And that's why it's so important to draw the vision. Uh, LJ mentioned this earlier. Why? When people can understand why they're putting in the time and energy, why they're making the sacrifice to go to the meeting, why they're making the sacrifice to do the one-on-one, why they're going to the open house, it's all for more than just money it's for life it's for the it's for the best life that they can envision themselves living and when you can connect those dots people will start making sacrifices that they never were willing to make before because they truly believe that within your organization you're going to lead them lead them to the holy grail you're right lead them to this life that they never envisioned was possible for themselves that's what i want all of you to be the solution of ers itself isn't even here for us to make money i don't make hardly any money off of coaching It's 100% here so that I can help create impact and influence on others to be able to create impact and influence on others, to be able to create impact and influence on others. And you start changing the lives of those around you. There's nothing more fulfilling than that. And when I think accountability, in no way do I think of it as something as a negative where I'm putting a thumb on someone or coming down on someone, it's actually the complete reverse where I take extreme ownership of how I showed up as a leader and all their failures I I will own if I haven't done enough to help lead them to become the best person that they can become. That's accountability. And so when people feel that in you, that like Joe Serafsi, I know you Joe are a great person and care about the people that you lead. When you see people fail, I guarantee you take it upon yourself to feel like it's partially your fault that they failed. When the people in your world know that, that you care that much, they'll try to succeed just to make you happy. Not even to make their significant other or their kids or Toto happy. They're going to do it for you because you care about them more than anybody else in their world. That's accountability. So I know we're at time and we're going to open it up for Q&A a a little bit. Um, A couple other other talking points that I wanted to get through was the um, what do you do to hold them accountable? So in the group setting, you just do a quick KPI report with your agents. Um, all your staff should have a voice as well and should speak every meeting. It's not optional. I would just let them know every meeting you have to talk. A lot of admin hate talking. That's okay. Give, give everyone one thing that they need to work on or give them one shout out of something that they're doing well. They have to speak. And by giving everyone a voice, it puts everyone in the community. They all feel part of the meeting. The agents feel pressure to do the calls and to do their KPIs because they know they have to report in front of everyone. If they only had to report in a one-on-one, they're not gonna be as compelled to take care of what they need to take care of. Staff members should have one-on-ones just like agents. Every week, either your direct report will hold them accountable or you'll hold them accountable to all the same things you'd hold an agent accountable to. Job description, their job description first and foremost, their KPIs, their training, their books, the events they should be going to, and then all of the services that they offer. And so time blocking is a big one um, for how to do all of this. And like I talked about earlier, the one thing talks a lot about that. If people say, I just don't have time for it, that's not a good excuse. They have, there is time for everything. You just have to build it into a calendar and respect respect the calendar that you build. So you as a leader, the one of the best things you could do for the people in your world is help them build a time block in their calendar so that they can actually realize all of these goals that they've set for themselves. And then in the accountability meeting, all you have to do is go through their calendar from last week and ask them, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And when they say they didn't, then ask them why and then try to understand from their perspective why they couldn't accomplish it and then come up with a solution so that the next week they can succeed a little bit more and a little bit more. For example, someone might say, you know, I had I had a I was going to make prospecting calls on Wednesday night from six to eight, but I had a listing presentation. And that's okay, then you need to build in a secondary time so that if a listing press comes up at, and any evening during your time block for prospecting, you have a secondary prospecting night. You have to curate space for things to come up because things will come up, right? So you as a leader sometimes can help people navigate that instead of them making the excuse, oh, I had a showing so now I don't need to prospect. Well, what happens if all we do with all of our time, we spend it doing our, our job, showing houses or going on listing presentations and we don't prospect? We end up having a business that goes up and down, right? instead of having just a constant. So then of course your staff members, um, we have a group accountability meeting for the agents. We do the same thing with staff once you have enough staff. But even if you just have one person, I'd recommend having an alignment meeting once a week with that staff member, holding them accountable and giving them a space where they know they can ask you questions. One of the worst things, the pressure I felt as a leader was people would constantly come to me every day with questions. What's beautiful about having a set time with every person in the organization or having a direct report that has the set time is I'll say to somebody like if Sam keeps coming to me every day with questions, I'll say, Sam, if it's a question that can wait until our one-on-one on Monday, I'd really prefer we just wait. Just go put it in the calendar of it under the details in Google Calendar. Just go put all your questions in there and we'll be sure to address all those questions then. If it's an emergency, of course, then text me the question or reach out. But most questions from admin and staff can wait until the one-on-one. And so what's beautiful about that is now, instead of being interrupted all the time throughout the week from your admin and from your agents, they now have a set time where they know they're gonna get your undivided attention for 15 or 20 minutes, and they can ask any questions at that time, and you can ask any questions to them at that time. All right. That is accountability. Andy's gonna dive deep into that. Andy's a great example of, of one of the top success managers in the country and held our agents accountable. He's, he just ran the numbers over the last 10 years. The average agent on our team, Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, did over $4 million in sales, generating over $80,000 a year in, in revenue. Um, that was 95% of our team was, was getting that type of a stat. So for Omaha, Nebraska with a low average sales price, about 220 at the time. I think that that, those are really good numbers and he'll talk about how he held the agents accountable, how he held the staff accountable, um, and then how he held other people in his life accountable over the next three weeks.